Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. Welcome to the Omega Particle. I am your doctor of lithium with half my brain tied behind my back with talent on loan from God. <laughs> Welcome to the program today, and it's our Christmas program. So everybody, let's celebrate. We are going to be going over the Christmas and holiday episodes of Star Trek and um, some of you may be saying, but but Johnny Cakes, wasn't Gene Gene the Dancing Machine all about humanism and secular humanism? And I didn't Picard say, hey, humans have outgrown religion. Well, that is absolutely correct. <laughs> no one can deny that. Like, there's not a lot of these overt Christmas themes in Star Trek, but... I kind of can understand why. I mean, unlike that other big, quote-unquote, star franchise, wink, wink, the one you know what I'm talking about, um, Star Trek has never fully mounted a holiday special. And after the Life Day celebration, who could argue that? (laughs) But in fact, this age that we're living in, the peak Trek, as some people call it, I disagree with that, but moving on, I think it's the perfect time for the franchise to try some Christmas episodes or some holiday episodes, you know? I think something is is possible there. However, there's still a lot of good fun references and tips of the caps towards holidays and Christmas. So that's what we're going to go over today. We're going to be going over specific um, Christmas themes, should you say. And actually, um, I'm not the only one who thinks this. So this was a article posted on StarTrek.com. And it, it, the guy talks about how him and his family watch a Star Trek movie over the eight days of Hanukkah. And I think that's a great, <laughs> great tradition. I mean, that's a cool tradition. I don't have any uh, Star Trek holiday traditions personally, besides maybe making podcasts, but... I mean, I'm more of a Muppet Christmas Carol, Love Actually type of guy. Hey, whatever. Teach his own. But in the article, I had a really good kind of capstone that I want to read before we get into our episodes. And here, this is how it begins. It says, For those who've had family or religious holiday traditions forced upon them as a child, the celebration of anything resembling a seasonal winter celebration can seem like an enema. (laughs) If you don't know what an, an enema is, don't worry about it. <laughs> so the article continues. In other words, it can be easy to become like Khan from Wrath of Khan, hardened in opposition to what you have defined yourself against. So you're more defined as a person by what you're against than what you're for. And while it may be necessary to reject certain holiday elements for your own survival, there's a difference between surviving and living. This complicated interplay between outright opposition as compared with acceptance and integration of certain elements of tradition is a theme that has been addressed time and again throughout the history of the Star Trek franchise. 
A contemporary example can be found in Star Trek Prodigy episode Ghost in the Machine, in which a hologram version of the Diviner observes that Gwen must find her own way in spite of her father's intentions. Plus, being encouraged to question certain aspects of belief in Judaism ensures that, unlike Khan, you don't end up feeling locked out of your own life. We like to remember the importance of questioning belief in dogma on both the second and fifth night of our eight-night Hanukkah holiday Star Trek marathon. So <laughs> that was a quick snippet of this article from StarTrek.com, and I think that's it ended really good. I think sometimes we don't need to be locked out of and defining ourselves by what we're against. And I think it's always important to question our beliefs and dogma, no matter what it is, whether it's anything. Uh, Getting off my soapbox and going back to some fun, quirky Star Trek. In the words of Lieutenant Shrax on Lower Decks, in the Nexus, it's always Christmas. So let's do what Bajorans do, Luna, and let's roll that beautiful bean footage. Fun will now commence. I don't know. I assume Bajorans eat beans. Just don't think about it, Luna. Okay. So Christmas is this upcoming Sunday. This is 2022 for those of you listening in the future. Meaning that there's going to be plenty of time with friends and loved ones to kind of binge on episodes of Star Trek. But you might be asking, which ones are the most appropriate for this holiday season? And never fear, we have some great recommendations for you guys. Um, And again, some of these have Christmas themes. And so we're going to be kind of going into those. And the first episode we have up is Tapestry episode from The Next Generation And to me, I think it was in season six, Luna. Is that great? Season six, episode 15. Great. So Tapestry is one of my all-time, probably top 10 Trek episodes. So it's kind of like It's a Wonderful Life. If you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life, it was made in uh, 1946. And it's a beloved holiday film in which this despondent George Bailey is actually about to end his life on Christmas Eve. Because he believes he's failed his family and his friends and to see and he kind of wants to see what the world would be like without him. And so courtesy of an angel in training named Clarence, he realizes his absence would make the world a poorer place. And then George embraces life again. And Clarence, the angel in training, earns his wings. So sorry if spoiler alert on a literal 80 year old movie. (laughs) So if you've never seen Tapestry Q is kind of not the type of entity that's out to earn any wings. And in this episode, Tapestry, he does give Captain Picard a look at what the world would have been like without him. Sure, I mean, a version of John Luke Picard is present, but it's just kind of like always play it safe, like duty before everything, not take any risk, you know, very calculated. Um, not really the heroic captain that we see commanding the enterprise and then picard kind of learns like george bailey did that his life had been wonderful even though he got wrong choices and had loose threads and he got stabbed in the heart by nasikin he said he still says at the end of everything he owes q a huge debt of gratitude for making him appreciate the tapestry of his life so again 
It's not this uh, huge over-the-top attaboy clearance. The bell rings and the angel gets his wings. It still reminds us that life is a gift and that one worth living to the fullest extent is the best one we can have. So Tapestry is one if you haven't seen Tapestry. So another episode we're moving on to is titled Starship Mine. And that is another TNG. I promise we're going to be doing more than just The Next Generation, but this is actually a couple weeks later in Season 6, Episode 18. TNG gave us another, like, I mean, you could call it a Christmas episode with this episode in which Picard defends an otherwise completely abandoned Enterprise from terrorists. Yes, we are hashing that old argument up. (laughs) So you may be saying, well, Doctor of Dilithium, how does this scenario relate to the Yuletide season? How does Picard, abandoned on the Enterprise, defending it against terrorists, have anything to do with Christmas? And I think two movies show us the way home. The first is Home Alone. And everybody knows that. It's a young boy. Boy. (laughs) It's a young boy who's accidentally left behind at Christmas uh, by his vacation family, which to me is nuts. And who can afford to send 12 people to Paris? What does he do? We need an answer to that. But anyway, um, so young Kevin McAllister defends his house against burglars. And another great Christmas classic is Die Hard, featuring future... Severus Snape in Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis, John McClane violently defends Nakatomi Plaza from Hans Gruber and the bad guys. So I think Starship Mine is a perfect Christmas themed (laughs) Star Trek episode because yes, it works. Um, In I, I just, I'm just having fun here. So in one, uncharacteristically action-packed hour. Uh, Picard's predicament in Starship Mine mirrors both of the plots of these modern Christmas classics. So when viewed as a Star Trek Christmas episode, it can, like those movies, how the love of our families and our homes can lead to good triumphing over will. I think the only problem, though, is that we never heard Sir Patrick Stewart shout, Yippee-ki-yay, mother... <laughs> it's a family show, Luna. I'm not going to say that. Yippee, you know... But uh, I think that was the, the tip of the cap there. But so it, it kind of fits. It, it fits, you know, defending your family, defending your home, and that good triumphs over evil. And um, the only thing it's missing is a couple Christmas decorations and would have just as much validity and legitimacy as a Christmas episode as both of those other two movies, Home Alone and Die Hard. Now, moving to a little bit more serious and probably the most glaringly Christmas episode we have in all of Star Trek canon, we finally venture away from the next uh, generation and we land in the original series with the season two, episode 25, Bread and Circuses. So as we all know, Christmas is really considered the... uh, Primarily, the observance of Jesus is birth and um, his miraculous birth. And usually Trek kind of generally steers clear of engaging, you know, real world religions. But in Bread and Circuses, the original series put a spotlight on whom Christians consider the reason for the season. But with the twist in the episode's tag scene, Kirk, Spock and McCoy muse about the quote unquote sun worshippers. 
they encountered on the beautifully named planet 892IV, whose society was essentially a 20th century Roman Empire. But Lieutenant Yehora is the one who sheds light on their confusion. Historians and Christians who are honest about church history, and I count myself as one who, who tries, knows the movement began, and Jesus' name wasn't always lived up to the philosophy of total love and total brotherhood, for which Dr. McCoy here credits it. So let's listen to Lieutenant Yehora now talk about the sun worshipers on the TOS episode, Bread and Circuses. Gentlemen. Captain, I see on your report Flavius was killed. I, I am sorry. I like that huge sun worshiper. I wish we could have examined that belief of his more closely. It seems illogical for a sun worshiper to develop a philosophy of total brotherhood. Sun worship is usually a primitive superstition religion. I'm afraid you have it all wrong, Mr. Spock, all of you. I've been monitoring some of their old-style radio waves. The Empire spokesman trying to ridicule their religion. But he couldn't. Well, don't you understand? It's not the sun up in the sky. It's the son of God. Caesar. And Christ. They had them both. Wow, that was great. So let's actually, in our for our next Christmas theme, Christmas episode, let's stay in the original series and move on to another episode called Dagger of the Mind. Now, if you research any Star Trek Christmas episodes or Christmas-themed episodes, this is the first one that comes up. So to me, the biggest point of, of this episode is and the biggest takeaway is that the question as to whether humans celebrate Christmas in the future is completely answered in this episode. As we meet a young scientist who hooked up with Kirk after the quote-unquote science lab Christmas party. And best of all, the character's name is Dr. Noel. You cannot make this writing up. Um, so I, for one, love the image of a Christmas party for just like one tiny science lab that Kirk hears about. And kind of just stumbles into, and I mean, I was he hoping to like score some like brandy or like Romulan ale off some of his maybe junior officers. I don't know, but it's also fun fact. It's the first episode to feature the Vulcan mind melt. So isn't that what Christmas is really all about? <laughs> just kidding, of course, just kidding. So we actually see a Christmas party in Star Trek. So again, kind of like Bread and Circuses, now Dagger of the Mind, kind of staying into the uh, the realization that Christmas is around the 23rd and 24th century. So leaving the next generation and leaving the original series, we move on to Voyager, that great Delta Quadrant beacon of hope that we have in this Voyager episode called Good Shepherd. So because Gene's, again, Gene Gene, the dancing machine, Roddenberry's vision of the future was pretty heavily secular humanist. There aren't many oblique references to religion in the whole franchise again. However, the only Star Trek episode with an explicitly Christian title is the one we're talking about now, and that's The Good Shepherd from Voyager. And this is an engaging episode of Voyager that features Captain Genway 
quote unquote, tending to three losers, or as she generally refers to them as lost sheep. Um, And to me, this kind of inspires like lower deck themes, like these people are just happy to do the bare minimum or they're super green or just have like little quirks that keep them from, you know, advancing up the ranks. So did this episode, Good Shepherd, inspire lower decks? I don't know, but there's definitely a Christmas theme of taking care of your brothers and and your sisters and, and reaching out and bringing the people that just need a little helping hand. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I personally love this episode because it's kind of one of the first times, even before the cartoon came out, Lower Decks, is that you kind of see how, you know, it's just not the bridge crew. You know, it's not these brilliant, talented, ambitious go-getters. You know, you have some people that are just there for the ride and not really <laughs> making waves and just having fun. I think it was a great episode. If you haven't watched it, please check it out. And so, again, we're hopping around. We're going to get all of them here, <laughs> all of the Star Trek series. Moving on to a Star Trek series episode from DS9, labeled Once More Into the Breach. So, though the name of that episode comes from a Shakespearean called a battle, the theme of this episode, Klingon General Learning the Value of Forgiveness, is perfectly appropriate for Christmas time. So I think it's great to to have, again, we're going for a Christmas theme. So this episode of forgiveness and openness to one another, I don't want to ruin it because it's a very Dominion-heavy plot. So I'm just going to keep it at that, is that a Klingon general learns the value of forgiveness. And if you're not singing this warrior chant with your eggnog at the holiday party, I hope you choke on your gawk. (laughs) I think we have that. Do we have the chant? All right, let's roll that chant, Luna. Go for it. A Dahar master, a noble warrior to the end. Mikokara endokila. Pedo chum karedo mila. Stamparipto malaiko. My gosh, what beautiful music. <laughs> Reminds me of like as a kid, because I grew up in the 90s, um, if, all, if you fell asleep in front of the TV, you would wake up to like Celine Dion or like these other like ballads bolting at you. And it's just, what if that was bolting at you at three in the morning? I, I don't know if I'd be uh, too happy about that. But if this episode isn't your speed, but you still want to get your cling on, yes. Hold for laughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then try Rightful Air in the Next Generation, which features, and I kid you not, the second coming of the Klingon Messiah. That's an actual plot line from Star Trek. So I feel like the Klingons simply copy and pasted from Christianity. And so for, again, a, a franchise that's not super religious or super puts religious symbols out there you can't get more blatant than a Klingon messiah so yes um we, i think we have a few a few more episodes we want to cover here it's um kind of i think we're at the bottom of the barrel now Luna. i think we're, we're stretching and nothing says stretch like this next episode 
we return to the next generation at Silicon Avatar. And this is the episode where uh, Data's brother, uh, Lore, is drawing a giant snowflake. And no, not your blue-haired cousin at Thanksgiving snowflake. I think, I mean, what's Christmas without a little snow? And I mean, the snowflake that comes and tries to destroy the Enterprises is very beautiful, hauntingly beautiful. And I mean, if you think about it, we, we have so many like little things from Star Trek, like with Christmas tree ornaments and stuff like that. Why, why have we not gotten this Christmas tree ornament, this giant snowflake? You know, I think it works. Um, I, I mean, yes, it tried to destroy the Enterprise and it's eventually defeated and blown up, but it, it nothing says Christmas like snow. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so for our last episode that we're going to cover is Devil's Due. Again, at the next generation. Man, there's a lot of next generation uh, themes here. This is just so on the nose, we we had to include it. So um, in, if you know Star Trek, you probably saw this one coming, is that Devil's Due starts with Data actually playing Scrooge on the holodeck in a recreation of A Christmas Carol. Now, he's not my beloved Michael Caine as Scrooge, but... He still does an interesting job, and as an, I mean, it's set up as an allegory for the rest of the episode, overcoming superstition. I don't think Data's acting really works here, but you can you can judge yourself. Roll the tape, Luna. Roll it. You don't believe in me. I don't. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your senses? I don't know. Why do you doubt your senses? Because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You may be a bit of undigested beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. <laughs> Why, there's more of gravy than of grave about you. Whatever you are. Humbug, I tell you. Humbug. So this is really embarrassing. Um, I am a 33-year-old male. I am somewhat educated. <laughs> and I've read a lot of classics. I got, a, I got a five on my AP English exam. So I, I can say I know a little bit about literature. Not a lot, but a little bit. I literally thought that line, there's more of gravy than of grave of you that data says to um to the ghost i legit thought that was only a like muppet christmas carol like kind of joke that michael kane did i didn't know that was actually like from charles dickens so yeah <laughs> i guess my appellation uh country education and upbringing is making itself known but that is actually all we have for our Christmas episode, Christmas series. I will say this. If you're actually looking for a direct Christmas episode, just an honorable mention, please check out the Xmas story from Futurama. It is so packed with Trek jokes that it would make any fan happy. I mean, if, if you've never seen kind of a space crew fight an evil robot Santa, it's definitely a must-see. So check that out. As we wrap up today's episode, just want to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all you Trek fans, 
And may all the good tidings of the season energize into your celebrations. And may you warp into a happy new year. Luna, let's light this candle. So no matter what your personal beliefs are or or what you celebrate, I think this time of year can be an especially good time to kind of remember uh, the angelic song, Peace on Earth and Goodwill to All. And I think if we all do that and do our part, I think we can make the 23rd century a reality for everybody. You know, not a lot of issues, not a lot of war, not a lot of strife. So I think that's definitely Christmas themed. And again, my friends in the Alpha Quadrant, if you're looking for reviews, if you're saying, should I watch this Star Wars show? Should I watch this uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special? My friends, your search is over. Not only are the blog posts beautiful and elegantly written, there's humor that will send you on the floor laughing. And again, I say, he's not paying me to say this. (laughs) But please check out www.jasontalksmovies.wordpress.com. That address again is jasontalksmovies.wordpress.com. Brother, can you just get a website? I'm tired of saying (laughs) wordpress.com. I'm just messing with you. Anyway... I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, holiday, whatever you celebrate. If you don't celebrate anything, enjoy the time off work. Watch some of these great Trek episodes. And again, second start of the right, straight on. Till more.